Las Vegas. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield and Adam Hill. All right, I want to um, do a quote from Bill Parcells. Is that all right with y'all? Oh, yeah. All right. You can form a whole world down the highway of years and take pats on the back as you pass. But your final reward will be heartache and tears if you cheat the man in the glass. Jets or three? One, two, three. Yes! It's Cofield and Company, live from the Battle Born Broadcast Center on ESPN Las Vegas. The 5 O'Clock Frenzy is presented by Nova Home Loans. Call 577-2600 for help in buying a new home. Nova Frenzy is here. Adam Hill, Steve Cofield, Battleborn Broadcast Center. Damon is back in our Finley Toyota Studios. As you know, we love Hard Knocks, so we do full recaps over a couple of days. Uh, Adam didn't seem to love the first episode. We'll follow up on that. It's coming up in a couple of minutes. I got to tell you, on Method Man, um, the audio you played, that was one thing in the episode where I was like, I don't know, bruh. I think you picked the wrong quote. I liked it. Um, it's not the quote itself. It's the person who uttered the oh, quote. Sure. What do you think Jets fans generally think about Parcells? Uh, probably don't love it. Well, listen, he did. He obviously rebuilt the franchise for a short period of time and got him to a pretty good level of success. By the way, you know, I was thinking, I was thinking of, a, of the quarterback who helped the Jets sort of bounce back with Parcells because a lot of people are looking at Zach Wilson and they're like, ah, it's never going to happen. There are quarterbacks who do blossom when they're 28, 30 years old. Some don't even make it to the league at the beginning, right? Some are not allowed in the league, like Warren Moon. Um, he was allowed, but no one wanted him. Um, Kurt Warner, though, you know, took took the long road. Vinny Testaverde turned out to be a pretty good quarterback in his 30s, and he was a top five pick. Um, it just didn't work out early on. He was with a future organization in the Buccaneers. So I'm just I'm just throwing it out there because I'm I'm very glass overflowing right now with the Jets and and Zach Wilson. But my thing with Parcells, like the success was nice. He turned around a one in fifteen franchise. He also completely effed it up because of his ego, and then set the path for the Patriots to become awesome over the course of 20 years because he completely screwed the Jets in getting Bill Belichick. So sure. all of his goodwill was wiped out because he's an arrogant jackass. Yeah. So I don't, I don't really need any, he's, he's, he's synonymous with the Giants. Don't, of don't, course. I know he coached for the Jets. He was the head coach of the Jets and the Giants. I don't need giant, legendary giant Super Bowl winning head coach and a quote from Method Man. So come on, help out Method Man, explain the history. Settle down. And also, did, no, did you mean to say your optimism for the Jets is because of Zach Wilson? No, I'm optimistic that Zach Wilson down the road okay. can actually be a decent quarterback in the NFL. For what team? We'll see. Because I have been saying, if this trade does happen, like I don't think he's available, but if he is at the trade deadline, the Devontae Adams trade happens, Zach Wilson has to be a part of that trade. There you go. So you love him too? I don't love him. I'm just saying, saying that you would have to try to get a quarterback of the future if you think if you're going to give up somebody like Devontae Adams. I don't again I don't think that is happening. Yeah. I'm just saying it also depends on it, what kind of Raiders season is turned in here and if they have a chance at, you know, number one, two or three pick. You're not gonna get Zach Wilson sure. if you're just gonna draft Caleb Williams or Drake well, May. Let's back up. Okay. <laughs> Better get a lot doing. more than that. That's what he's doing now. I, I guess a b- bunch of picks. Yeah, a bunch of picks and Zach Wilson. We'll take Sauce Gardner, uh, Gor- uh Gardner if I can say it too. Sauce Gardner. Zach Wilson, four first round picks for Devontae. Well, you haven't been in. Since one of the worst, I'm not going to do it. Uh, since the U.S. women's soccer team lost, 
I think I say worst defeats for a team that was no, I'm not, not favored. I know. <laughs> I, I was going to do it, but I'm like, I can't just keep busting your chops when it's and, not factual. And by the way, let's. I'll also say, because you're right, I haven't been here. The takes from some people that clearly didn't watch the game. That was a dominant I performance. I know it was, yeah. It was an absolutely dominant performance. Actually, our, one guys. of our strongest takes defending him was Soren Petro, who's a, you know, he said he's a closet soccer fan, Kansas City guy. He's on WHB. He loves sporting Kansas City. And he he said that. He's like, hey, they, they were dominant. Yeah, completely dominant in the game. PK suck. They should they not do. be part of the sport. They do. And, you know, for haters of Megan Rapino and the team, the fact that she missed one is a dream. And, and it, it's it's been. And, and, and the other angle of, and it, I, you know what? Can we, let's hold off. Because. Most of the but, but I, no, I do want, just want to say yeah. before you say that yeah. because so many people have been like Rapino, 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 and she missed one badly. First of all, she shouldn't have been taking it. Here's the thing: I have not heard one person, one person mention the name Sophia Smith, who is, by the way, a future superstar, and she's unbelievable. She's great. She stepped up. All she had to do was make the kick, and they win. That's the not. I'm not blaming her either. But how many people have been like Rapino? That's well, not they, the one. They, most people don't care. Right, but I'm saying they that, hate that's, and they that's hate, the they point. Hate, if, they hate the team overall. if your take was Megan Rapino, like, no, watch it or at least pay attention or be honest that Sophia Smith is the one who stepped up with a chance to put the game away and didn't. And nobody's mentioned her name. All right, Damon, you uh, you pulled some sound. You were like, hey, Bill Simmons had something to say on this. You want to set it up? Because I'm we're not. I'm not generally a pull any sound from Bill Simmons because I think he's just – an amazing elitist now who's kind of out of touch with those of us on the ground covering sports and rooting for sports. So what do we got here with Simmons? Steve, I agree with you, but this here, I want to play this. This is this is a specialty for Adam so he can defend the U.S. women's national team a little bit more. We got two clips here. We got one on Morgan and then one on Rapino, and I just want to play them one after the other and get Adam's reaction. Alex Morgan, who scored twice in her first two games in the World Cup in 2011. She scored once in 2015 in seven games. She scored six times in 2019, five against Thailand in a game that was 13 to nothing, one in the other six, and then scored nothing in the four games this time around. If you take away that Thailand game, she has scored two goals in the last 17 World Cup games. This is the striker. This is the one who's supposed to be the most dangerous player in the field, who's supposed to produce goals. And she hasn't produced goals since the mid-2010s on the national level. And yet it's Alex Morgan. She was supposed to be the next one. We got to keep propping her up and pretending she's a superstar. She's not a superstar. She's really honestly never been a superstar. The, she certainly hasn't been as impactful as somebody like Abby Wambach was. So you have the team built around her. She's got to play. They play her the entire game, game two, the entire game, game three. She plays like 95 minutes in, in this game today. And they don't score goals and the announcers just won't talk about it. It's like being on an AYSO team that your kid's on and the coach is playing somebody at striker and everyone's like, why doesn't, why don't they play Sally at striker instead of the coach's daughters? Like, I think oh, you, you know, gotta, you gotta so, let, you, before gotta you play, play the next cut, you gotta let, there's, there's too much going on. There. You, gotta, actually, you, you gotta let him He was react. doing fine. Yeah. He, like that point was actually legitimate. Alex Morgan has not been great and she's not, she probably should not be the striker. And then he's like, and they won't even talk. Did you? Really? She's not dangerous. She's not creating chances. She's not finishing. Over and over. They were absolutely talking about it. He clearly wasn't watching the game because he he's right. His point is not wrong. But when he's like, they won't even mention it. Really? Over and over they mentioned yeah. it because it was true. When Hollywood dorks like him and Matthew Barry hang out, they gotta, they're either out late into the night or they got to get to sleep by 1.30 in the morning. Fair enough. 
ready for part that, two? That's just, that's just not. It's just not true. I mean, again, his point is good. His point is right. I I said last week, why is Alex Morgan in the game? But he was doing great until he's, they won't even mention it. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah, that. And then you have Rapino, who's 37 years old, who's just, you know, unfortunately, great career, legendary, true legend, huge big time player. And when you hit your late 30s in soccer, it's, it's a wrap. She she looked like Udonis Rapino, that big Rapino. And comes out for the last 25 minutes of this game and can't do anything and then misses the penalty kick. That's the thing. If you're beholden to past performance, you can't expect to succeed in the moment. And I did feel like, what what were this team's strengths? What were they, Adam? I thought thought he was going to keep going. I thought he was going to try to say what they were. Uh, I agree with him. What and, And again, nobody, like, but add some context to it. She wasn't playing. She was not in the game. They put her in because nobody could cross the ball in the final third. It just wasn't happening. It was over and over again. And on the set pieces, nobody was putting it into the middle for anybody to make any plays on it. Again, in a very, very, very dominant game, they couldn't score because the cross wasn't there. Megan Rapinoe, one of the greatest crossers in the history of soccer, only reason she was on the roster, she probably shouldn't have been on the roster, definitely shouldn't have been in for kicks, they put her in for service. That's what they put her in for. Only reason she was there, because they kept getting corners and not doing anything with them. And then, by the way, she had a couple corners where the ball was right there, and they almost scored on it. So as much as she was horrific, by the way, in the previous game, horrific in the game before that, she was terrible. I would questioned why she was going in. She actually kind of did her job. Now, she... Sucked at everything else. She's an old lady. She can't get around. There's a lot. There was, <laughs> there was, there was a lot. There was a lot of bad. You. A lot of bad. It's like eight years younger than you. Am I on the World Cup team? So, that, I mean, yes. There's there's a lot to criticize, but like add the context of why she was in the game, and again, should not have been one of the per- people to take kicks at all. Okay. Well, like most people who were uh, going to be watching the World Cup on Fox, uh, that'll do it for us. We're out. I'm still in. Well, you are. But yeah, well, yeah. I. What are the ratings like right now? Sure, not great. Well, it's three in the morning. <laughs> I mean, that that doesn't doing? help either. Yeah. Um, I'm. I we haven't seen the results yet, but uh, I'm guessing last night's Hard Knocks debut. We did uh, up 13 percent from last year. Was had to be the highest rated in the history of. The I show. don't think in the history, but it was up 13 percent. Of course it was. From last of course year. it was. Of course it was. Uh, Demond, your list. Of observations By the way, early on, on the rundown, can you can you run these down for us? Um, what we have right here on the rundown that's in the five yes. o'clock hour. Yes, yes. Saul's I, graduating. Pared it down for you. That was cool. Um, why was it cool? I mean, it's nice to see it. You know, he didn't get to attend his high school graduation. There's a bearcat walking across the stage. This next one, I thought of Adam. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, okay. Let's, let's, hold let's, on. Let's, let's, hold on. Let, let, let it breathe. Let it breathe. Okay, all that was fine. Except for you left out the most important part of that. What's, What's that? that? Nick Van Exel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nick Van Exel was there. <laughs> that was kind of cool. cool. Nick Van Exel. That was cool. At like 40, how old is Nick Van Exel? Like 45? <laughs> it has to be. Right? Maybe older. Um, I, I, like, I like Sauce's approach. Um, like very matter of fact about it. Proud, but very matter of fact about it. Like, hey, this is, this is what my family wanted. This is what I wanted. I thought that was great. Grandma Sauce was out there? That was interesting too. Yeah. When I looked at Grandma Sauce, I'm like, I don't know that she's much older than me. She's younger than you. I was trying to think. Like, could I have grandkids right now? <laughs> I guess I could. 
She might be younger than me. She looked better than me. Yeah, for sure. She might be 60 for all I know, but she looked young. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was, that was really cool. All right, observation two from Devon. I thought about Adam immediately. Hackett, sweet, with three E's, goatee. He should have had that goatee when he was in Denver. It would have been a lot more successful. Exactly. That's the observation. If he would have had that swagger and confidence with that goatee. When he was a head coach, he didn't have enough time to to manicure it, I guess. So he just Mm. went without it. Why did you like him? You you came out of the combine, and we really never talked about it on the air much, but uh, was it the combine a couple years ago, and you got to talk to him? Sort of off the record and casual conversation, and you were like, man, I like that guy. We partied late into the evening. If you want to say it. That's what happened. It was a great Why time. did you like him? It's fun. So A-Rod a- is right. Yeah. Great guy. Fun guy. Wow. I love that all three Austin Powers movies. And uh, Yeah, that, well, that too. with the What was it? The gold member? Yeah. <laughs> so he's very ba- fixated. A lot of basketball. He's very fixated on the sure. gold member. Yeah. All right. I mean, that's... By the way, not surprising after hanging out with him. I mean, that's that's what he that's that's, Rogers, his, that's his mentality. Aaron Rodgers is a very passionate guy. Like he stop, freaking really likes stop. Hackett and really likes Leo Schreiber. Stop. What? For the cameras. No. Don't get sucked in. That's don't get sucked in. The players love the him. Stop. They're like, he's a great guy. Oh, he's making throws in practice and Salah's walking over, like, oh my God. How, I mean what a play. The, the, the defensive coordinator Elbrick is like he shows a drill. Of the defense getting beaten, he's like, that guy's on our side, though. He's like, that was unbelievable, well, he's but saying, he's on our side. Like, almost like, don't worry about it. Told, That's the great Aaron Rodgers. He told the defense, look, perfect, perfect execution everywhere. And he still got us. We got this. Like, all right, settle. <laughs> Devon? I am all for propaganda if the propaganda is entertaining. Mm-hmm. So, if it's, you know, state TV, if it's going to be that every week, sign me up. Well, you can you can go down just about every day to uh, Raiders headquarters and get state TV because they are not they're not making an effort to be entertaining. They stick to the script. Well, some of them. Oh, really? Sure. Someone speaking out of turn? No. I mean, they're not going full commanders. That's for sure. No. Boy, that that's entertaining. We got to get to that. All right, keep going. Hard knocks observations, Demon. I, I did need more of an underdog story. I know that they're not going to show cuts, and Adam mentioned it. You know, it's just one big cut this year, not the weekly, hey, coach, wants you to bring your playbook. But I still, who are some of these underdogs? You had the guy, was it Chaz or Chad, who got the interception in the uh, Hall of Fame game? But, okay, Salah really likes him, but are we gonna, I want to see that moment of him struggling, and Salah's just going to be, hey, man, you're not a good fit for, for the Jets. You agree, right? We need they, the, they those, usually, those they stories. Usually get are to that. They, get, they get to that in like episode two or three, usually. Okay. Calm down. Calm down. We'll um, get there. Tomorrow. I really like this long, one. Long season. Because I got thinking, I was like, wait, Dorian Thompson Robinson from Vegas and Bishop Gorman and UCLA, what is going on here? What'd you see? He was chatting it up with A Rod before the game, like they were old friends. And I was really thinking, at first I was like, does Rodgers really know who this is? But then during the game, he's like, hey, yeah, he's a West Coast quarterback. Yeah, I know a lot about him. But just that initial talk, I was thinking, does he really know who that is? And he, he talked about him before the game, too, uh, that I saw. So, I mean, I think he does know who he is for sure because he does follow West Coast football. I think he stays up late and watches games is what he's talked about in the past on, uh, on McAfee. But um, I, I took from that conversation, wow, was that awkward. Like, it, it, there was like four <laughs> points in that conversation. It should have ended and they walked away. And neither one of them walked away. And I was like, Oof, this is getting bad. They sh- it should have been like, hey, what's up? How you doing? Good to see you. All right, I'm out. But it just kept – okay, more th- 
okay, I'm going to say something else. Now I'm going to say something else. It was, it was a little awkward. Well, as the as the young player, you're kind of waiting for him. You want to make sure he gets to say what he wants but to I say. But I thought he did. I thought I thought it was pretty clear that Aaron, Aaron was like, all right, good. Have a good night. Okay. Uh, now what? Like it, it was it was could have ended three or four times. Come on. Did I miss a G-damn snack of sorts on this uh, episode? Yes. In halftime. You know, they go into halftime. Hey, they got the lead. Things are flying high. Zach Wilson eating Uncrustable. You know this is a thing in all locker rooms. I mean, you were around the Raiders last year. You saw it. Yeah, but it's Did just nice to see them. Every, every week we'd be breaking down what Uncrustable somebody would carry into the press conference. Just nice to see. That's all. They, they love them. I don't know why. I don't know why. <laughs> they love, they love They love them. They love, they love Uncrustable. Well, you remember we had that conversation a few months ago about we could just do this ourselves in an air fryer? Sure. Right? I can't. I tried it. I, I tried a PB&J with the white bread and, like, Taken off the crust sucked. I was well, terrible at it. That's why you just Awful. buy them. Just buy them. Why are you I putting in peanut butter and jelly in the air fryer? I don't know. Because that's because Willie pitched me. He said it was delicious. I tried it. That you know what? Instead of green steaks up on uh, TikTok, Willie needs do the uncrustables on TikTok. I didn't. I didn't include it because I didn't know this conversation would come up. But uh, me and my friends last week did recreate the greatest fast food menu item ever that's gone away. Really? What'd you do? The double decker taco. Ooh, oh, wow. You just order a bean and cheese burrito without the cheese and the onions and then wrap it around a regular crunchy taco. Game changer. Wow. I don't know why they ever took it away. Can you do a TikTok on this? We should. I don't know why they ever took it away. It, it I, literally is the greatest item ever. Is that the I don't extent know of your cooking? You don't know what it is. I think if there's a TikTok on it, I'll be, I'm, I'll, you know what, I'll search it. Someone probably has it up on Twitter probably doing the hack like you did. I'm sorry, TikTok. Oh, I'm sure it's it's a very it's obvious. It's not like a you know unbelievable revelation, but they took it off the menu for nobody knows what reason. It's the greatest thing they've ever invented. I think because too many people ordered it, they're like getting sick of making them or something. They want you to pay more for the cheesy gordita crunch. Yeah, and they also they also put on the menu instead the cheesy roll up. Get out of here. Started reading. Well, I started reading because we invented the double decker taco hack. So I started reading. Is apparently the lowest rated menu item in fast food history. No, no, no. I love Taco Bell. Love it. But the love it. The cheesy roll up is literally just a tortilla Thanks. with cheese. Thanks. Love it. Everything They'll else adjust. is amazing. They'll though. adjust. Everything else is amazing. They'll though. adjust. Trust me. Why do you just have a tortilla with cheese on it? <laughs> it doesn't adjust. make any sense. Uh, this part of the show is brought to you by not that part, but uh, Nova Taco Home Loans. Nova, Nova Home Loans. John at Nova Home Loans. 577-2600 is a number. Call John. Yesterday we had a great spot where we really were bullying pretty hard. I think maybe it got a little overboard, but we were bullying John into buying a house. I mean, he's he's got these kids. They're going to grow into behemoths. Um, and, and John explained it like, you know, you wait for the rates to go down and watch what happens with the inventory. So this is a – I know it's a weird time right now with the rates, but they are going to go down eventually. Grab your house now. Get details from John. They are on uh, or in every aspect of buying a home. So call John at Nova Home Loans, 577-2600. Nova Home Loans has ways to save you thousands of dollars that you can put towards buying down the interest rate or help with your closing costs on a new home. Call today to find out if you qualify. 702-577-2600. Hanging at the Battleborn Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company. All right, Adam, so what's going on with the Raiders the next couple of days and into the weekend? Joint practices, first first ones coming up. They've got a couple of these 
scheduled, and uh, the 49ers are in town the next two days. Uh, so Much more valuable far over more. Well, a preseason game. Because you see starters. I mean, it, right. you're probably going to see almost nobody play right. on Sunday, especially because these teams are already going to have seen their first and second teams match up. So uh, they won't really need to see any more uh, by the time the weekend rolls around, which you know kind of helps them get these in, and it helps them – decide what they want to work on right i mean you can you can run you know 50 red zone plays and, and try to figure out where you are offensively and defensively in that situation instead of hey maybe it comes up two or three times in a game how much of joint practice do you guys get to see in the media 100 percent. Ooh, that's nice yeah that's awesome no fans yeah so won't be fans there which uh does actually impact I mean, this is pretty inside but it does actually impact potentially what we see because if there were fans they would probably they would probably practice on the field closest to the fans to allow the fans to watch it because there are not fans. They're going to be on the far field. They may go. I'm not saying they are. Yeah. We'll see, but at least gives them the option to go to the far field where we can't be. Uh, UNLV football practice has been refreshing. We get to see every minute of the practice. I know. Got the, There's a couple the, of moments where you're not allowed to film, but it's not very restrictive. Um, so, and let me tell you, because they're not on the field 500 yards away and there's not restrictions. Um, they do two and a half hours practice, two fifteen, flies by. Yeah, there's always something going on, for sure. That's cool to watch. Yeah, for sure. I I did make the point today, like, not not nothing against those players on the team. I I said there is little as boring as watching run game practice. Like you're not actually blocking, you're not actually hitting, yeah. especially when you're not in pads. You're just like, they hand it off. Well, it's you know it's funny on the defensive side of the ball. Because as they're going through seven on sevens, but especially eleven on eleven, they want to the they're like screaming at the defensive players to be aggressive. If they ever hit an offensive player, they're like, "What are you? What are you doing?" I know. Like, what am I supposed to do? You want me to be aggressive, but now I can't hit them. Oh, there's a fine line. Go after them as hard as you possibly can, and then stop right, right. before. What the hell did you just okay. do? Okay. Okay. All right. But that's the way football is now. Yeah. Back in, I'm not going to do that because there was no back in my day for football. I was a little guy. Uh, let's do a giveaway here. Aces Atlanta. The Dream are in town uh, this Sunday. Six o'clock start at the MUA Mick Ultra Arena. You can get your tickets at axs.com. These are four tickets in the ESPN Fan Zone, too. 364-1100. Caller 7. The Fan Zone is brought to you by West Star Credit Union and Finley Volkswagen of Henderson. Demond's got your four-pack for the Aces and the Dream this Sunday. axs.com. You can grab the tickets on your own, but he's got a four-pack right now. 364-1100. Now, back to Cofield and Company at the Battleborn Broadcast Center on ESPN Las Vegas. Woo! All right, second half of the 5 o'clock hours here. Cofield and Company, ESPN Las Vegas. Uh, just seeing news on the new ESPN radio national lineup. Okay, okay. I'm good with a bunch of things, uh, including, according to Andrew Marchand, our own Q Myers will be the lead on game night on ESPN game night, uh, Monday to Friday source starting at seven o'clock. Um, I don't think there's anyone in house who's the source on that one. So I'm not sure. Arash is with us from the sporting tribune. Arash, what's going on, buddy? Not much back in Los Angeles after a fun uh, couple weeks there in Las Vegas. Uh, but listen, as the uh, mayor of uh, not only Las Vegas, uh, but Los Angeles, I got to split time. I got to go back and forth. Okay. We got it. We got it. There's a lot going on here. Um, hey, I don't know if you'll write about it because uh, we are going to get to what you're writing about the LA Times and the Las Vegas Review Journal last week. 
I don't know when the last time you checked in on ESPN 710, because you did stuff with them. Yeah. I wonder how they're going to react to a new lineup. Um, and I'm not even sure how much of ESPN National they clear anymore, but uh, their morning show is going to be former giant Chris Canty, a guy named Evan Cohen, who's a solid radio guy, and Michelle Smallman in for Keyshawn, Jay, and Max. I mean, you kind of figured they were going to go um, – and this is not an insult to these people doing the morning show. They were going to cut some budget and try to get some new people, get some radio people. Um, I don't where where is ESPN National now in terms of having any footprint in LA on ESPN LA? Well, uh, they are dead. Uh, listen, I became persona non grata with ESPN seven ten when I, I did that column when during the like an amazing time period uh, in terms of you know this was right after they made the trade. For Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Mookie Betts. I mean, they, they, they were really kind of the center of the sports world there. And they uh, made Will Kane the um, afternoon drive. I think they gave him that slot. They gave Stephen A. Smith a, a prime spot in the morning. And listen, quite frankly, like, you know what they're going to talk about. Like Stephen A. Smith is going to talk about the Yankees. Will Kane was going to talk about the Cowboys. And it was just... Um, They've really punted on ESPN radio for the most part. Good, good karma brands, as you know, has taken over most right. of those locally owned and operated stations. I mean, that, that's how I got involved with the company back when they were doing um, ESPN Los Angeles, New York, Dallas. You go down the list to Chicago. They've, they've uh, sold all those. Um, and they, 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 for, for the most part, a little bit like this pen deal, they've just basically said, listen, you can – you can use our name and our likeness, and obviously there's a connection there, but it's not like it used to be. And I saw that report by front office sports that, you know, they, they would be intrigued by Colin Coward. That, that's not going to happen. Colin Coward's not going to go there. So no. it's, it's it, there's a – listen, like ESPN radio as we knew it is no longer, and that's okay. We're a part of this new changing world of sports. Well – it still exists here. I'll say that. There, there are backing well, network. And, and, and we actually, here's the cool thing. Um, what I, All I've asked of ESPN National is, and I don't talk to them, but have more uh, mountain time and Pacific time zone people because it's it really comes off as a very East Coast-based product. And, I, you know, I don't, I don't need to hear. I mean, the two of the guys are going to be the main, main guys are both New York area guys and Evan Cohen and, uh, and Carlin. But they do have Joe Fortenbaugh, who I think is still going to be in Vegas with the gambling show, right? Um, yep. Adam, I yes. almost called you John for some reason. And, and Q Myers from our station is going to be part of it. So at least there's some Pacific time zone flavor. There. But Steve, it's relevant in Vegas because of Coalfield and company. It's relevant in Los Angeles because of Steve Mason and John oh, okay. Ireland. But as a national brand, and I think that was the question you asked, I don't yeah. think it's there anymore. I mean, I, I don't think you could plug and play that lineup into a market with professional sports teams and people will tune in. Those days are gone. Yeah. Fair point. Fair point. Um, All right. We got to get into a couple of things. We talked to you two weeks ago, dude, how quick did this move? Uh, You know, you, Arash, where did you go to school? USC. So you went to USC. You guys started this debacle uh, last year by going to the big 10. Arash, your conference is virtually gone in two weeks that was it it came unraveled that quickly what's your take on what happened why did this happen 
Well, listen, it's all about TV money. And I think at the end of the day, you're 100% right. The wheels were put in motion when USC and UCLA left. The fact of the matter is when USC and UCLA were going to leave the conference, the Pac-12, as we know it, was dead and gone. Now, it could have continued. It could have continued as the Pac-10 with the 10 remaining teams. They could have brought in two more teams and continued calling it the Pac-12. But effectively speaking, you remove the the you know the, the two signature schools, you remove the two signature programs in Los Angeles. You know, the Pac-12 at that point is no longer the Pac-12. The issue that they made is that they could never come to an actual realistic TV contract that made sense for the schools. And here's how here's like kind of the comparison that I make. If you're telling me we're going to make, let's just say, $20 million per year, however, we can make more if we get 1 million subscribers, this is sort of the grift with Substack where it's like, hey, listen, if you get uh, you know, 10% of your Twitter following to pay, like you're, you're, you're not going to get that. I promise you they were not going to get a million subscribers for Pac-12 games. So not only were they not going to get a million subscribers for Pac-12 games, like even fewer people than currently watch the Pac-12 because no one has the Pac-12 network, we're going to watch. And so the, the, the two schools that really did effectively kill the conference, because it could have still survived, when uh, Oregon and Washington left and said, wow, this contract is, the, is crap. We got to go somewhere else. Well, we, we don't have to get a fair shake into the Big Ten, but I promise you just even a, a piece of the Big Ten pie is much greater than this. That's what killed the conference. Right. Well, I, I blame this latest wave on Oregon yeah. and on Sta- and on Stanford. I, I think I, Why I think Stanford, Stanford they're, Sta- they're because up, Stanford they're kind of on the cold. They're, they're, they're not though. They're going to wind up joining the ACC. Um, well, what, I mean, what kind of a TV contract are they going to get at this point? I mean, they don't, well, I mean, they're, they're just not, they're, they're kind of screwed. Now listen, Stanford at the end of the day w- w- is going to be fine, but yeah, they're not going to get, they're, they're not going to get the big 10 money. And by the way, if I'm the big 10, they they should welcome in two programs like Stanford and Cal. The unfortunate thing for those two schools is, especially Stanford, which which, which was having a, a, a hell of a run for a while. They're both in the dumps. Like they are not in a power position right well, now. But the difference is Stanford has money. Cal doesn't. They like, do. Cal, well, that's Cal, Cal lost a crap ton of money and they've got a bunch of debt because they redid the stadium, which by the way, yep. Memorial Stadium, very nice. But, but, it, yeah. but they're still in the soup by $200 million. Now, I, I actually think, um, I don't know what the contract will say, but I think they go to the ACC as a landing place temporarily. And, you know, maybe they get back on their feet, especially Cal and Stanford football will be fine. This new yeah. coach is going to be good. You go to the ACC, you take a, a portion, a smaller share, you have some matches in terms of scheduling all sports, and then the Big Ten could come calling in another five or six years. Stanford, in the end, you know, it's funny, and Adam has said this for like five years now, there's going to be a, a Big 64, Big 72, a Big 80, yeah. right? And it might be made up of a bunch of conferences. Um, I don't know about Cal. Stanford will not be ever left out on the outside. For a long period of time, there's too much money. They're too successful at sports. They've got partners academically around the country who'd want them in the conference. Um, keep in mind too, Arash, and you know this uh, because you're on the you were on the teaching side um, at USC. There, there's a ton of money that is shared among schools that are of like academics. Yeah, um, and that happens in the Big Ten, and that's why you know, like as much as I'd like Stanford to be paired up with. Nevada and Wyoming, right? And UNLV in New Mexico. People at Stanford, they're not, they're not going yeah. to do that. They're not going to allow that to happen. Yeah, and to your point, I think what we're going to see is at some point, football will be completely separate. 
and then the Olympic sports or even hoops or whatnot, that will be for, you know, you'll have conferences for that. But there will be at some point, uh, you know, like a big 64 or a big uh, 50 or something. They're gonna, the big football programs, they are in a completely separate, different class. The sportingtribune.com. We cover weekly on Wednesdays, Vegas topics, LA topics, some Hawaii topics, and Arash is with us. You just added a pretty good get, right? And another uh, columnist and uh, person who can do videos, and I'm sure a lot more. Yeah, Jill Painter Lopez joining us. Um, you know, very amazing career uh, at the Los Angeles Daily News, was a columnist there, the Valley Sports West. Uh, she's currently a contributor reporter for. Uh, KCBS KCAL in Los Angeles, but just a fantastic writer uh, with uh, just, a, a, she she does so much. And I said, Jill, not enough people know what you're doing uh, with your, you know, she's got like a travel blog. She's got like a wine blog. She's got all this fun stuff going on. And so I said, like, let's put it all under one roof. And uh, yeah, it's 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 been great. So she filed her first column this week. At Sporting Trib, the sportingtribune.com up on the web okay you've been very vocal on what has been a couple of adjustments in pacific time zone newspapers uh (laughs) the la times and i saw you write about the lvrj can you explain to the audience what you think is happening and then obviously we'll have a member of the rj staff respond so real quick, I I I do uh, respect what the review journal is doing because oh, don't they are back different. down now. Don't oh back my down God. now because I'm here. Like Gavin Hill, like actually talks. I mean, the guy was like in the back uh, corner. I mean, he hasn't said a word this entire um, interview. Let me just say, so what the review journal is doing is slightly different in the sense that the E edition will have the box scores and stuff like that. Okay, here's why both of these decisions make absolutely um, no sense. If you're if you're still and I'm in the minority, so I say this as probably the youngest print subscriber, the majority of people who are still subscribing to print do so because they remember waking up in the morning and they look at the box scores, they look at the standings. There is something there is that comfort. There's that tactile pleasure of going into their driveway, picking up the paper, brewing that cup of coffee and reading the box score, telling that uh person who does that and again i don't know the review journal numbers i can tell you in los angeles which i mean think about how big los angeles they currently only have 150,000 print subscribers i just got that number this week from someone who said i'm wasting my time i said listen here's the thing if 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 you're doing this and telling your print subscribers to go online for the box scores what the heck are you doing by, by the way the box scores are not on the los angeles times website so I think you're effectively doing what we know is going to happen at some point, but they're really fast tracking the death of print newspapers. And I, quite frankly, still love it. I like reading the crappy uh, page two column in the Las Vegas Review Journal every Sunday. Wow. Uh, because listen, wow. I, I, it still means something. Picking up the print <laughs> newspaper still means something. Thanks for the plug. Uh, can you bring the same energy, Arash, that you did to Twitter last week? <laughs> With the announcement from just hours ago, ah, baseball box scores are back. Uh, well, see, listen, this is why I respect the Review Journal. I'm sure they got like inundated 
all the old timers in uh, Henderson and Summerlin and North Las Vegas. And again, if it's 150,000 in Los Angeles for the Los Angeles Times, is, I'm, listen, no disrespect, I'm sure it's less than that, but they were all pretty vocal about, listen, I subscribe to the print newspaper for this reason and this reason alone. Now, listen, the review journal uh, was not as drastic. They don't have a 3 p.m. Pacific deadline. That is effectively saying we don't give a darn about anything in sports anymore. They they sold their print printing press. They've effectively punted on print. I would be shocked by the time the World Cup is held here and certainly by the time the Olympics are held here in 2028, there won't be a print product. Uh, but listen, fantastic news for the Review Journal. I, as I told Adam, I, I am a subscriber. So I knew the electronic edition had not changed, but I'm very happy to see the print edition will well, not change either. Arash, you also tweeted out something else, and I, I wanted you to explain this one, and I'm, I'm, I'm not against you. I, I didn't kind of understand what you were saying. As Vegas becomes the center of the sports world, it will stop covering most national and international sports stories. That's the so that was, from, that was from the sports oh, really? editor, and Adam Hill knows this. I mean, listen, they were effectively covering it with Associated Press stories, but exactly. I, I really uh, thought, and it, this still could be the case, who knows, as this a city of Las Vegas turns into a world hub in terms of the F1 races and stuff like that, our good friend Adam Hill, maybe he can go to Monaco and cover the Formula One race or cover the Super Bowl when it's not in Las Vegas or cover the Final Four because now Las Vegas is a part of that rotation. It should embrace worldwide global coverage. But listen, there's nothing wrong with hyper-local, but this isn't a hyper-local town anymore. Las Vegas is a big-time sports town. Rosh, you're awesome. We're up against it. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week or in a couple of weeks, okay? All right. Sounds good, guys. I'll talk to you soon. SportingTribune.com, at Sporting Trib. It's Cofield and company. God, we have so many stories to get to. We'll try to get to as many as possible uh, before we hand it off to the William Hill radio show. Cofield and company presents... Grab bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. You know, for a show outside of Kansas City, we talk about Eric Bieniemy a lot. And he really was a fascinating character to follow. Because uh, I think we had pretty good insight from our Kansas City Connects. And also, you know, we're just better than a lot of people on radio. I'll say that. Uh, more level-headed and see more angles. Uh, and there was that whole thing of, like, racist. That's why Eric Bieniemy's not getting hired. And if that's racist, like, that wasn't the only reason. And this story now that has come out with Ron Rivera basically backing guys who came to him and complained that uh, the enemy's intensity was a little too much for some players. There's so many angles on this. Pritch, who still does stuff on Raider Nation Radio 920, he's with VSIN, which you can hear on uh, 920 and sometimes 1230, two of our other sports stations. Pritch is on, and Pritch played in the NFL. I mean, he's you know, an all-time great Las Vegas football player from Rancho and, and Colorado, and he's also pretty good buddies with Eric Bieniemy. When he saw that Rivera kind of took the side of guys who were complaining that Bieniemy was being too tough on him, oh, Pritch came on real strong the other day on VEASAN. I had a ton of respect for Ron Rivera because I mean I think he's a trailblazer when it comes to being a head coach, a minority type of head coach situation. What he just did to Eric, was uh, a fireable offense. 
you have to be united as a coaching staff. You have to be on the same page. You have to present that to the players as if you're on the same page. But if you're taking sides, then what are you doing? Every man for himself mentality. Certainly, we know Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio boys. They've been boys for a long time. Eric's the outsider. You know, did Ron Rivera hire Eric or was that a Mayhew hire? Yeah, I, I like Ron Rivera a lot. I think he's a pretty good coach, but he does get a little too honest sometimes. There's stuff that he should not be talking to the media about. I mean, I think in-house doing that, like, you know, taking up the side of some players who are complaining about the enemy for being too intense, that's not great either, but going public with it. And he did say today that he shouldn't have done that, but you set a tone here that's weird. I mean, Pritch, with a, it's a fireable offense. Pretty I think, strong. I think that's why Rivera, backtrack might not be the right word, but came out and just said, I should not have said that, which is true, but you know, damage is done. It's, yeah. The you know, cat's out of the bag. You can't. You can't take it back. And did you? Were you surprised by uh, Eric Bieniemy's very intense? That it was going to ruffle some feathers? No. I mean, he was very surprised, intense with the Chiefs. He said it. Yeah, and he was very <laughs> intense with the Chiefs, and that's why some people on the Chiefs, you know, had some problems with him. But guess what? That never came out. Really came out. Like I think yeah. there was just an end of the line with Patrick Mahomes the last couple of years with Bieniemy, and they were really pushing for him to be a head coach because they're like, we want to move on and we want to bring our old guy back in Matt Nagy. They got him back, and the enemy's moved on. Um, boy, Miles was on with us yesterday, Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk, and Miles was like, this is why the former Redskins, WFT, Commanders, this is why they stunk in the past. I'm a little concerned because he's maybe coaching me a little bit hard. He's being mean to me. Let me go to head coach Ron Rivera and tell him he's being mean. What the hell is that? Sounds like Ron Rivera and the Scott Turner before him, and also Jack Del Rio are all soft. Damn. You going to follow up on this with Scott Turner? Uh, I wish I would have said it yesterday. I could have <laughs> jumped on it and asked him. When we talked what was him. that voice from Miles with Good. the complaining and then the, 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 the Rivera? That's the same complaint voice I use almost. Okay. It's kind of similar. He's got his complaint voice? Sure. So what do you make of this? It's, it, it is going to make things difficult. For sure. Because, I mean, I think Biennemi looks at him and says, bro, like, you hired me. What are we doing? Are you, You're taking the players out. I think part of what Rivera was doing is, like, is trying to back up his players. He knows, he's known as a player's guy. They love him. He was he was just kind of saying that. I think he probably immediately regretted it. I'm sure he talked to Biennemi. Uh This is a mistake. It's a huge mistake, and it's something you don't expect from Ron Rivera, who's been around forever. Freaking mess. Real freaking mess. Hit social media at Steve Cofield at ESPN Las Vegas at the Mon underscore the boss at Adam Hill LVRJ. That's on Z Z Twitter. Formerly the site formerly known as Twitter. Yes. Uh, you can see all the, the video archives of the show. Facebook, we post them as well. Make sure you follow Adam the next couple days for all the reports from the joint practices. These are the best times of the preseason with the Niners set to take on in a preseason game, the Raiders, but the practices go down. A lot of good stuff will happen. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks, Damon. Appreciate you pulling all the sound today. We'll see you.